0: We are on Yevamos Peites Aleph eighty nine A, and we are continuing in our discussion of the various ramifications if a person, if a woman, relies upon the testimony of one witness uh, that says that her husband passed away, and she also looked into the matter, she marries somebody else, and then later the husband, the first husband, returns, so she has to get divorced from both and other. Ramifications, other penalties and fines apply, and so the Mishnah also says, "Havlad mamzer," that the child, any child from the second husband, who's not really a husband, is a mamzer, and that is uh, understandable, and that that's because uh, she's having sexual relations with somebody else other than her husband, because her husband was always alive. Her original, the first husband, has always been alive the entire time, uh, and but also on a rabbinic level, if she then goes ahead and has relations with her original husband. So then the rabbis said that the child is also a mamzer on a rabbinic level. And so the Gemara later on, not in this recording, but probably in the next recording, will ask, uh, how could this be? How could this be that uh, the rabbis will say that uh, the child is a mamzer? It ends up being that this child who's a mamzer on a rabbinic level could marry uh, a mamzer, any other mamzer. How could that be? Uh, if on a biblical level he's not really a mom's heir, so then he shouldn't be allowed to marry other mom's heirum. Just like any, any person within Klaiosol cannot marry a mom's heir, so to this person should not be allowed to marry a mom's heir because on a biblical level he's not a mom's heir because he's just the child from, uh, from the first husband. That happens to be it was after she was married to uh, the second husband or, or in a relationship with the second husband. Uh, but in the end of the day, the child shouldn't be a mamzer on, on a biblical level. But that's a question that we'll get to eventually. But the way we get to that question is sort of through a side tangent, discussing a totally different area of halacha, a totally different area of halacha, which will also have a case where the rabbis seemingly go against what the Torah has to say. And so that's how we get into that discussion. So we'll discuss that Today, it is, in essence, it's about truma, truma, which has been a topic that we've been discussing uh, multiple times in this tractate, uh, but truma basically works that you have produce, which is viewed as tevil, it's referred to as tevil, produce which no gifts were taken off yet, so then one's not allowed to eat from the, from the tevil, from that produce, and one of the gifts that a person has to give is to give truma. Truma is given to the Kohen on a biblical level, it's any minimal amount, on a rabbinic level... We said it's either a 40th, a 50th, or a 60th, depending on how much a person could afford. And it's viewed as holy uh, food, which is only the Kohen is allowed to eat, and can only eat it Bikidusha, Ubitara, uh, as a tahor, And they cannot, in fact, they cannot even eat the Truma, which is Tameh, any Truma which becomes impure. They are not allowed to eat. They have to burn. So on that note, the Mishnah says, It's stated in the Mishnah, Ain't tarmin minatameh ala tahor. There's a violation, there's a prohibition. A person cannot, uh, in order to give truma if their field is full of pure produce, they cannot give impure produce to the Cohen. It's not right. Uh, Rashi explains because it's a loss for the Cohen because the Cohen loses out. They cannot eat it. They have to burn it. And it's not proper. It's not right. Just like, as we will see, there's a law that you cannot give from the bad produce to the kohen and then keep the good produce for yourself. So to over here. You're not allowed to give the impure produce to the kohen. Uh, it's not allowed. However, if you accidentally gave the impure truma to the kohen, so it works. It is viewed as truma. In the end of the day, it is truma on a biblical level. It is truma. Uh, and so, if you did it by accident, it works. But if you did it by maze it if you did it on purpose, intentionally, you gave the kohen impure produce, uh, which he cannot use other than to burn. So then, lo of lo So then, we'll say that it's as if you gave it nothing. What does it mean? It's as if you gave it nothing. So this is a big dispute. My lo of lo What does it mean that you gave nothing? So there are two opinions. Rav Chista says it's like you did nothing. Uh, that the truma that you give to the kohen that's impure, it's not even viewed as truma. It's not viewed as truma for the kohen. Uh, and so, therefore, you have to you have to separate again. You have to do a new separation for the entire for everything. Even for that which you gave as truma, you have to give something else. You have to give something which is pure to the kohen, so that it removes everything from its status of tevel as produce, where you do not start you separate uh, the gifts from that produce. Everything, even that which you gave, is no longer viewed as truma. And this opinion of Rakhista is the reason why we're quoting this entire. Gemara, because how could it be that on a biblical level it is truma, but on a rabbinic level we say it is not truma. But Rav Nassim Rabioshih has the uh, other opinion. He says, Amar truma Rav Nassim, in the name of Rabioshih says, when you talking about Rav Chista, of course it's truma, that which you separated, even though it's impure, it still is truma, just like if you did it unintentionally, it would be viewed as truma. But on a rabbinic level, we said as some form of a fine, some form of a way, making sure that they won't do it next time. We say that you know what, with regards to the rest of the produce, you still have to take off other truma. Other truma has to be taken off, um, but the truma that you actually gave—that is—that is full truma on a biblical level. That's definitely truma. So Rav Chislo, Amar and Rabbi Yoshi, have a truma. in the so what's the logic behind Rechista? Why did Rechista say that the truma which you actually gave is not truma, even though on a biblical level it is in fact truma? He said, well, a person who does this intentionally, they're going to see that the truma really worked. It ended up working out. So then, they're not. even though we tell them, go ahead and fix the rest, they're going to be negligent. And they're not going to fix the rest because they know that which we, that which we already gave actually worked. It's only on a rabbinic level that they said that, it, that uh, we have to give something else. So they're going to be negligent and they're not going to end up giving and separating other produce for truma from the rest of the produce. So therefore, Rav comes to the conclusion and says, you know what, we have to say, we must say, that even that which you gave is not really viewed as truma, so that they take it seriously. And so therefore, that which on a biblical level is viewed as truma, on a rabbinic level, we're going to say, no, it's not truma, so that you know that you have to take off truma from a different part of the produce. The, the other opinion of Nelson B'Rav says, no, we're not concerned for that. The truma is truma. Let it remain on its biblical level status that it is truma. And we tell them, you know what? You have to take truma off from somewhere else for the rest of the produce. That's part of the part of the fine. So asks the Gemara as follows. The Gemara will first have a few questions from other sources which seem to contradict Rav Chista's position. And then we'll have a question on Rav and Bar-Oshia's position. So again, Rav Chista says, if you do it by accident, it is truma. If you take impure produce and give it to the Kalein, uh, so that it uh, so that you're left off with the with the pure produce, uh, which you could then eat. That is that works as truma. You're not supposed to do it, but it works as truma. If you did it intentionally, however, according to Vhista, even that which you gave is no longer viewed as truma. So my me'hadatna And how is this any different than the following Mishnah? What if a person gives produce and it ends up it results in being bitter and foul and rotten. So now that it's rotten, so is that good or is that not good? So the the Mishnah says truma ve'yakser ve'yitrom. The Mishnah says exactly which the other opinion said, not like Rechista. It says that it is truma. It's viewed as truma, but you still have to take truma from elsewhere because even it is truma. You you gave produce. That's the halacha. You gave produce and you gave. You did it. You fulfilled the mitzvah. However, we the rabbis will say. If you give rotten produce, that's terrible. So you have to give truma from somewhere else to the Kohen. So in that case, it's against Rufchissa. Rufchissa said that even now what you gave is not viewed as truma anymore. But in this case, it is viewed as truma. So the Gemara says, No, shogig amazing karam is, shogig amazing Our case is a case where you did it intentionally, says the Gemara. But in the case of where it became rotten, uh, Rav Chissa will explain. That's not a case where it was intentional. In fact, the language is where it was found out. It turned out to be that it was rotten, and so essentially, this is referred to as shoging. This is unintentional, and so Rav Chissa will say, if it was unintentional, so then give tr- the truma works because it was unintentional, and um, it was it was unintentional. So you didn't you didn't do any so you didn't do any avera, and we'll assume that you'll that you will, in fact, be able to take truma from elsewhere. You'll take truma from elsewhere, uh, from a different part of the field, which is not rotten. Uh, however, when it's done intentionally, so then we say that even the truma which you gave does not have the halakhic status of truma. At least that's what the rabbis created. So Gemara says, shogir shogir. If that's the case, so then I can ask you the following question about what happens if you do something unintentionally. Why? Haha Kitani Bishogi Chuma truma. chuma If you're going to tell me that the case of where it becomes rotten is unintentional, so then you have a separate question, because our case of where you gave impure truma, impure truma uh, to the kohen and you kept the pure truma for yourself, if it's not the truma, but you gave you the pure, you kept the pure produce for yourself. So we said if you do that by accident, then you're fine. The truma is truma, and that's it. It's the end of the day. However, if you gave something which is rotten by accident, it seems as though you then have to take off more truma. The truma itself is truma, but you still have to take off other truma as some form of a punishment or a reminder. So, the, so it seems to contradict, it's a contradiction. So the Gemara says, no. No. Says the Gemara that in the case of the rotten food, that is a case where it's not just by accident. It's impossible to say it's by accident. Why? It's a, it's a, it's a category referred to as Is it? It's by accident, but it, it smells like it is done on purpose. It has aspects in which it was done on purpose. How is that? Because if you have food which might be rotten, says the Gemara, you should taste it. Or at least not literally taste it. It says you should yeah taste it, not necessarily eat it, but you should taste it. Uh, You should go ahead and you should taste it to see if it's rotten or if it's not rotten before you give the truma to the kohen. You should taste it a little bit. The fact that you didn't do that makes it a little bit like it's intentional. It definitely was by accident, but there's negligence, somewhat negligence involved. And so therefore, it's car of lumeza. It seems almost as though it is intentional. And so therefore, the rules will be different. When you're giving impure food to the kohen, there's nothing to eat. It was just by accident. It was all done by accident. So then the truma is the truma and that's it. But when you give rotten food, so then even if it was done by accident, but it has aspects of it where it's somewhat intentional, it seems as though it's somewhat intentional because you could have tasted it beforehand. And so therefore we'll say, the truma is truma. But you have to give truma from the rest of the produce. You have to give good truma as well. Now just to point out, parenthetically, it says here that you should taste it. How could you taste it before you give the truma? Before you give truma, before you give the gifts, as we pointed out in the past, it is tevel, it is food, produce, where the gifts have not yet been given, and you are not allowed to eat it. So how could you taste it? Uh, So so Tosus gives one explanation. He tries to give an explanation, which we're not going to get into now. But my point, my main point of quoting this, is because this really touches upon the question about whether or not a person is allowed to taste something which is is forbidden to eat. Are you allowed to taste something which is forbidden to eat? Such as in this case, you're not allowed to eat the produce before you give truma. Are you allowed to taste it without swallowing it? Are you allowed to just taste it? Could you lick it? Could you taste it without swallowing it? And so we end up ruling that you're really not allowed to taste it. If something, let's say, is not kosher, could you taste it without swallowing it? So we, put, we rule that you're not allowed to. There's a discussion. What happens if it's only a rabbinic prohibition to begin with? If it's a rabbinic prohibition to begin with, so then, then there are those who say you're allowed to taste it as long as you don't swallow it. But others say that no. In fact, uh, you're not allowed to taste it either, even on a rabbinic, even for rabbinic prohibitions. Uh, it could be that if something is asr bahana, not just asr, not forbidden just to eat, but also forbidden to get any pleasure out of, so then maybe tasting would also be a problem, according to everybody, uh, because it's there to, for the purposes of not just tasting itself, is a form of getting pleasure out of it. Okay, that's just a separate point. The asks one last question of Rav Chista. We have a separate question of two cases which in, one intentionally doesn't do the right way in our case, where you gave impure uh, truma to the kohen, So you're not allowed to do that. It says that you have to do truma again. You didn't do anything. And even the truma which you gave is not really truma. But But there's another mission which says, What happens, just as an introduction, you can have different types of produce. There's produce which comes out of, which are actually the, it's planted in a pot uh, so you could have a pot where there are holes in the pot and you could have pots where the, there are no holes in the pot so if there are no holes in the pot so then on a biblical level there's no obligation to give truma because it's not connected to the grounds of Eretz Israel of the land of Israel only if it has holes is it really part on a biblical level part of Eretz Israel part of Israel so what happens if a person gave truma from that which there are no holes so on a biblical level there is no obligation only on a rabbinic level and it's there to allow a person to eat from other produce where it, there were holes in the pot, but uh, you gave truma, which is not not required on a biblical level, only on a on a rabbinic level. So we say truma or yitrum. So what you have to do is the truma is truma, but you have to take truma from elsewhere. You are required to take truma from elsewhere. So how? But in the end of the day, this is a question of Chista because it says the truma itself is truma. Think where it says no, betray money, tayis bechad money, lot Now there's a difference because people are able to discern uh, even if they're doing it intentionally they're able to discern when the rabbis tell you you have to take off truma again that there's different types of produce and you have produce where there's a pot where there are holes and there are produce where there's pot where there's no holes and therefore it's not getting its nutrients from the ground there's a clear difference there's a clear distinction so the rabbis could tell you the truma is truma but you have to take truma again from where there, where there are holes so that makes sense there's a category difference there. People will understand that and they'll listen to that. But if it's all just one mishkababel, one combination, some of the produce is pure, some of it is impure. halachic status. You can't tell the difference uh, from, from a physical pers- point of view, but you can only know that there's a halachic difference. Then we're confused that people will mess up. They're, they're going to say, ah, oh, it was truma. So then it works even though they tell you, the rabbis tell you to take off truma from elsewhere, they are not going to listen. That is all. The of now we have a question on the opposite, on the other position. Again, we're discussing here, if you take off impure, you give the impure truma to the Kohen, the Kohen cannot use it. The only can use it for is to burn, He cannot eat it. So if it's done unintentionally, you're not supposed to do it, but it works. If you do it intentionally, so this is a big dispute, Christa says it doesn't work at all, it's not even viewed as truma she says no it is Truma you can't say it's not Truma anymore it still is Truma on a biblical level, biblical level it was Truma however uh, however even though it is Truma you still have to take off Truma from elsewhere from other parts of the field just to make sure uh, to, just so that people are aware that you they, they did it in the improper way Dlum. The Truma So the Gemara asks, turning the page to Petal 88, 89b, how is it any different than the following? We have the case here, similar to the previous case, but it's, it's different, it's the exact opposite, where there was a hole in the pot. And you use that for truma. So on a biblical level, it was obligated in truma, and you use that for truma. If there was a hole, Al She'Einakov, but it's there. Sorry, I flipped the two cases. In this case, you are taking Truma from there, from that which is exempt on a biblical level. I, I, I missed the, mixed up the two cases. In the last case that we were dealing with, just to go back a little bit, I apologize about that. In the last case that we were dealing, we were discussing where. Uh, you took off truma from that which had a hole. And so therefore it was obligated in truma, so it worked on a biblical level, and it's there to exempt that which is not obligated. So in that case, in that case earlier, again, earlier, maybe it is the way we said it originally. I apologize about this back and forth. Um, It's You are taking off from, uh, basically the truma comes from a produce where there was no hole in the pot. So therefore, it was not obligated. And so therefore, you have to take off truma again. That truma is truma on a rabbinic level, but you have to take off truma again to fulfill the obligation which is, applies to the, to the produce which comes from pots which have a hole which are obligated on a biblical level, as we pointed out the first time. I apologize about what we said a minute ago. Uh, this case is the exact opposite. What we're doing now is the exact opposite. It's a case where you take off truma from that which the truma itself comes from the biblical, uh, the produce which is obligated on a biblical level because it has a hole and that's the truma. But it's going on, it's taking it off on something which is, it's there to uh, allow you to eat produce which al sheen which doesn't have a hole, since it doesn't have a hole in the pot so therefore it's only obligated to to, to, with tevel and with truma on a rabbinic level because it's not connected to the ground. So that works at least to, to, to allow you to eat from the rest of the produce, where it's only obligated on a rabbinic level. Certainly, if you uh, gave produce to the Kohen, which is obligated on a biblical level, it will then allow you to eat the rest of the produce, which is only obligated on a rabbinic level. However, the Mishnah says it is truma, but on a biblical level, you never actually separated it within that, which is only obligated on a biblical level, i.e., all the produce that comes from the pots, which have holes in them, so within that itself, it's still tevel. It's still basically produce where nothing was taken off because nothing was taken off within that itself, which is obligated on a biblical level. And so therefore, the Mishnah says the truma is truma, and you have to give it to the Kohen, but the Kohen's not allowed to eat it yet because it still is viewed as tevel to a certain degree from a certain angle it's viewed as produce where nothing was taken off because that is all obligated on a biblical level nothing was taken off so you have to take something you have to take from a different area of your produce get, take a, a, a portion off and say you know this will be the truma, and will now allow you to eat from the rest of that area the area which you gave for the s of the produce which you gave already to the kohen but we at least see from here that it's not just enough to get that, that is viewed as truma. You have to do more. We're concerned that maybe it's also tevel. That maybe it's it's still tevel. It's still food which um, which uh, which requires separating from. where so answers no. There's a clear difference. Shani ahachad truma Over there, in the case of where you have the the pots and and some of them have holes in them, some of them don't have holes in them. So the pots where there are holes in them, so. Uh, it, uh, it still requires on a biblical level to separate some truma from it because you didn't separate any truma yet on a biblical level from that which is required on a biblical level, from the produce which is required on a biblical level, i.e. from the pots that have holes in them. But in our case, going back to our case, what is our case? Our case is a case where you took the impure produce and you gave that to the Cohen. That works on a biblical level. It's not allowed, but it works on a biblical level. It is truma on a biblical level. So then we're not going to tell you to take off truma again it makes no sense. You already took off truma on a biblical level, level. Everything is fine, and on a rabbinic level, if you did it unintentionally, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to, uh, we're not going to fine you. We're not going to put any penalty on. On a biblical, on a if you do it unintentionally, sorry, if you do it intentionally, so then that is the dispute. Exactly what exactly is the fine? But the point is that in our case, it works on a biblical level. You've fulfilled the mitzvah of giving truma on a biblical level, as opposed to the previous case with the potted. Uh, the produce from the pots, uh, and that they were made in these in these pots, and it, it it had a hole in it, so you never on a biblical level actually fulfilled the mitzvah. How do we know? How do we know that it actually works to take the impure and give it to the Kohen? and that works? It's based on the verse that there's. In essence, the verse says that if a person gives bad produce to the Cohen, and included in that is this case of impure produce, then a person has sinned. They have a sin. So the Gemara says, how could they sin if it's not actually truma? If at the end of the day it's not actually truma, it's like so you haven't given anything to the Cohen. How could you say that you've sinned? Must be that it actually works as truma. You've given the bad produce to the Cohen, and it works. But it's still a sin. It's still an Avera because you gave the bad produce to the Kohen. So that itself is the Avera. And so that is the difference between, between our case uh, where it works on a biblical level and the case of the pots with the, where the produce is made in these, in these vessels where there's a hole in the vessel where on a biblical level you still have to take off truma. Okay, so that's, uh, that's the Gemara for today. The whole reason why we're mentioning all of this is really for the next question of the Gemara. So it was a bit of a complicated back and forth. Um, and I apologize about uh, being confused there for, for a minute. Um, but there was a whole back and forth about the laws of Truma. What happens if you give Truma improperly, uh, whether it was uh, intentional or unintentional, what are the ramifications. But it's all there really to get to the next question, which we'll discuss in the next recording.